millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. Love podcasts, hate nonsense, it's the Politics Show podcast, ladies and gentlemen! Yay! Woo! Awooga! Let the stamp. Let the stamp and send it. You made it. me jump there as if I was like at school and like have been told by the teacher to like pack that's, it in. That's my energy. Head teacher energy. Because my teachers always were shouting about nonsense. Yeah. What, did, Point to the what was bad about what I just said then? Why were they doing that? No, they, school, well, no, they weren't doing that. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Golden Boimer, Ed Campbell. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Great. Glad to have you sat next to me. <laughs> I love it. Ollie's in a weird mood today, guys. I'm just a weird <laughs> Don't know why you'd, why you'd say that. Are you tired? Uh, no. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> As an op, Eva and I were having a conversation before we recorded, and Ollie was just sitting going, ooh, <laughs> into the mic. Do it again. Ooh. <laughs> That's nice. Your girlfriend's going to want to stay with you after that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a constant scale of whether my girlfriend will leave me or not based on the podcast. So. Yeah. That's that's our leave. <laughs> that's Every, you've just undone my good work. So the thing is, though, if she was listening, she wouldn't know which of us was making the noise. So throughout the episode, if I, I just <laughs> drop one of those in there, I don't know. I think she might know my voice over yours. Oh, why? Why? What, what distinguishes you? Because because I think you've met my girlfriend twice. If that, that's how many times you think I've met her. <laughs> I'm sure your wife enjoys that, that comment. <laughs> uh, Cap, Cap J. Journo, Ava Santina, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Glad you accepted the invite. Um, <laughs> On Google Calendar. <laughs> never. I've never. Do you know that's like one of our biggest contentions is that I don't accept Google Calendar. Fucks me off so much. <laughs> really? Well, you, you said that you decline it if you don't want it in your fucking thing, but to just not reply. Well, but I've seen it. I don't know that you've seen it. Yeah, but I see everything. This isn't the right forum for us to have this conversation. But like every now and again, he'll like peer around the, the like the computer with this sort of like menacing, aggravated look on his face, which is like, are you are you gonna accept that? Or? I think I rarely look menacing or aggravated, to be honest with you. Apart from when I haven't accepted a calendar invite. <laughs> That's the one exception. Yeah, that really gets my goat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big day for you today. Yeah. Labour reshuffle. I'm so excited. Mm. It, it just really, you know, I, I even texted. You're glowing. I know what I was. <laughs> I, te- <laughs> I texted the group last night, like, like one little tidbit. And I had so many other tidbits and I was like, had, I couldn't send them because no one replied. No one seems to care the way that they should. I was too busy watching June. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. What, that was purely directed at Ed. Mm. He hates this day. You I, angry? I you upset? No, I don't hate it because that. I don't hate it, but I'm not excited about it. I'm, I feel entirely neutral about it today. 
unlike when it's SMP reshuffle day and then he's buzzing. <laughs> buzzing. <laughs> There's more people you haven't heard of <laughs> in the shadow front bench. Not in the shadow front bench, a different front bench. So your take on the reshuffle would be one of ambivalence. That's what we, that's what's coming from you. Well, I'm professionally interested. Okay, good. Personally, not very. Mm. Mm. And it, you are... Does that disqualify me from this, <laughs> from this job? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm the inverse. You're the inverse. Professionally uninterested. Personally <laughs> buzzing. It's in your own time. Invested. You've written thousands of words for your own personal Substack and done no, no content for politics, Joe. That'd be the. Yeah. Well, even like I, I was quite annoyed last night listening to The Week in Westminster, which is my favorite program on Radio 4, and they hardly touched on it at all. The potential reshuffle that hadn't yeah. happened yet. Yeah. I think that. There's a certain amount of like politics is baseball, right? That you could tolerate. But, and even you saw it today when you know, you're watching Sky News or whatever. And it's like, has the reshuffle started? Is this the biggest move of the reshuffle? Will there be a bigger move yeah. to come in yeah. the reshuffle? The reshuffle has finished. <laughs> <laughs> Rather, Was that the biggest reshuffle of Keir Starmer's parliamentary career? <laughs> um, Rather, yeah, it's it's like the most extreme example, isn't it, of the who's up and who's down. So, Ava, who's up and who's down? <laughs> so now we've slagged off that. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. The party's right, up. Mm. The party's left, down. Bad for the soft left today. Lisa mm. Nandy, our girl, demoted, was levelling up shadow secretary. She's now a minister, so it means she's uh, not on the shadow front bench. Also a bit of a loss here for Jonathan Ashworth. You could maybe describe him as soft left. He's got some, yeah, yeah, some affiliations. Give it, Give it to him. Yeah, he's demoted as well. He's no longer going to be a, a Secretary of State. And Rosanna Allen Khan, she, uh, she is now out of the shadow cabinet entirely. Uh, apparently, according to her resignation letter, Keir Starmer did not see a need for the mental health portfolio in mm. a Labour cabinet. So she is gone. What's the point in having, you know, a doctor who regularly works in A&E in your shadow cabinet? What could they bring All right, well, to the table? Well, why don't you go and wait for Keir Starmer? When you could get fucking Blairite in there. Sorry, yeah. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Blairites are in. Yeah. Blairites are so fashionable right now. Pat McFadden is hot. Pat McFadden. He's hot right now. Buy stock in Pat McFadden. We shall. Yeah. But he's actually um, a huge Europhile. Europhile? Yeah. 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 He loves Europe. He used to be John Smith's speechwriter before he was poached by Tony Blair. Mm. And then, um, yeah, worked, worked with Tony Blair for years and now he's going to be the national campaign coordinator. Alongside Liz Kendall, mm. who's also a Blairite, and famously, so she's going to be work and pension secretary. And she's got this fantastic line a couple of years ago. She said to the Mail on Sunday that Ed Miliband spends too much time focusing on the working class and not enough on the middle class. Mm. So that really <laughs> qualifies her to work for Labour. Um, <laughs> nice one. Um, <laughs> nice one, me. Yeah. <laughs> Great insight, me. Uh, more good news for the FBP community. Hillary Benn. You're goddamn right, in. yeah. He's back. He's bad. And he's going to take us into the Euro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's going to be shadow sec for Northern Ireland. Sean's mm. really excited about it. And Darren Jones, our favourite. He's resigned his position as chair of the Business and Trade Select Committee. And he's going to be chief secretary to the Treasury which you'll remember was Rishi Sunak's first job before mm. he was Chancellor. Number two to the Chancellor, yeah. And that's Pat McFadden's old job, right, before he got yeah. his promotion today. Pretty, yeah, se well, pretty serious business, that one. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting move for Darren Jones, looking after the Treasury, because... <sighs> do I want to start like this? <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, I just think it's going to be an interesting... He's become quite popular amongst the left, right, from chairing that select committee and he's been holding the post office to account and all sorts of other mm. um, barons of business to account. And now he's going to have to go under Keir Starmer's labour, which is not going to increase any income tax. It's not going to introduce a significant wealth, uh, wealth tax. Um, and it's pretty much going to keep it how the Tories have had it. So not a, not a, not a good day for him. He's going to really change his MO. Do you, we'll continue to talk about the reshuffle in a second, but do you believe Keir Starmer when he says he's not going to increase income tax? Uh, yes. Mm. Yes, I do. I didn't believe him when he half-heartedly said a few years ago that he was going to do something about the student loans. Um, he's not going to do anything about that. Mm. If anything, income tax will increase for younger people, for graduates, because that variable interest is going to keep varying. <laughs> <laughs> variable rate's going to vary, yeah. Yeah, they're going to vary. Mm. So, you know, if it, we could be getting up to like 13, 14, 15%. 
on our student loans, and that's going to significantly increase tax. Yeah, I guess the is it is the correct way of interpretate interpreting 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 this reshuffle march of the Blairites, death of the soft left, march of the Remainers, march of the FBP lot. That feels like that feels like the spectator take or the well, Daily Express take. Well, it is a little bit take. interesting, isn't it? Why would you put two very pro-Europe people? Because this sort of lends itself to that conversation about Keir Starmer in his second term is going to um, take us back into the single market, right? Mm. So would you say you put someone like Hillary Benn in charge of the um, Northern Ireland issue, which mm. has been extremely contentious for the last couple of years, and they still haven't really worked out that mechanism, and then you put Pat McFadden. Um, in charge of like your campaign so like what you're going to go outside and basically tell people that we need to get back into the single market start changing opinion I mean I think you probably do don't you if, particularly if you want to talk about growing the economy and you know there's like 4% of GDP growth just sat there right mm -hmm. um, with us being outside of it it's, it, that's, it, it's the thing that everyone in uh, Westminster knows but you can't say right is that it, it's politically damaging uh, to, to say anything to do with Brexit that's not, we will make it work. Mm. We, we will get Brexit done. You know, if, if, it's, if it goes beyond a slogan and you actually try and deal with um, the actual sub substance of it, you can't, you can't because it will it lead you to a place where you have to admit that it's economically damaged the country uh, and that it, whatever opportunity that could have possibly been seized from that moment, the governing class has failed to seize. So it's just economic self-harm. It's delivered nothing as a result of it. But you can't go into an election and say we're going to rejoin the single market because you're just it's it's politically electorally it's suicidal. Mm. Any other big takeaways from the reshuffle? How are we how are we feeling about it? Do you think it's actually a big deal that they don't have a mental health specific post? We're talking about Rosanna Allen Khan, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, yes. Why? Uh, currently, record numbers of children being prescribed antidepressants. Highest numbers ever, I think. It's been a while since I checked, so forgive me if it's out of date. But last time it was something like 7 million prescriptions. Um, SSRIs. It's a huge issue, not just for younger people, although it gets sort of characterized as such. It's not, obviously, it has far, far more wider-reaching consequences. I think it's one of the most important aspects of um, the health service certainly in, in modern times and looking at sort of the consequences of the pandemic and lockdowns and increasing social isolation um, and atomization of society. I think, I think mental health is an, an enormously part, important part of public policy making. Ha also has huge things to do with um, crime and the police force because at the moment the police force are, of, are often dealing with people who should be being dealt with by mental health professionals, but they Obviously, the, there's no fucking, there's no fucker about to go and help with that. So the police get called, um, and then they're not dealing, yeah, and they're not dealing with organised crime uh, or whatever. So yeah, I think it's a huge part um, of uh, someone who's serious about governance, serious about public policy. I think mental health should be relatively front and centre, and be, I think, having it in the cabinet conveys a level of seriousness. Yeah, but then, but I wonder, does that just not fall under the remit of the existing health secretary? And I think the. The converse is it's just kind of tokenism having mm. a dedicated portfolio for the same reason the Conservatives have a veterans minister. Yeah. Oh, controversial. Is that is that controversial? Uh, a little bit. I In, think you do need a veterans minister. You're well, in, well, there's not a shadow veterans minister, is there? But you're saying basically what you're saying what is <laughs> no, but as in like it's it's you're, you're, it's, it's what you're saying is the the Secretary of State for Defence like can represent those interests in cabinet and having yeah. someone else separately there is kind of just tokenism it's, flag waving to I think I think so and so yeah. it's kind of like what is it, is is it, in terms of the actual provision of mental health treatment in this country mm. does having was in Alan Khan in that in that post in a Starmer government would that actually affect the, any policy outcome well, probably as well, because did you, you know, their big brief a couple of weeks ago was that they are going to make the NHS a preventative service rather than a last port of call, right? That mm. it's not going to be an accident and emergency service anymore. So I guess the argument would be we're going to have regular checkups and children are going to be able to uh, receive mental health treatment uh, without having, you know, before they've got to crisis point. That would be their argument. However... Where that money is going to come from, that's a whole other question. Mm -hmm. I mean, how on earth do you start to begin to tackle 7 million prescriptions, did you say? Yeah, something like that. How on earth do you begin to tackle that? 
that's mad. Mm. I hope I got that right now because we've, we've mentioned it twice. I, <laughs> I can st- I can stomach getting it wrong once. <laughs> but maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's also an argument that the mental health crisis is so out of control, you almost don't want to have um, a, a shadow minister there or a minister there when you're in government because then you'd be drawing attention to the fact that actually that minister's portfolio is completely um, in crisis mm. and you can't solve it. Because how much would it how much would it cost really to mm. to fix the, the bit, crisis? A bit defeatist though, I guess. I I, I I could take your point that it's maybe it's just kind of a bit of tokenism, and as he tries to communicate his further sort of um, movement towards the right of the centre, that having something like woolly, like men, like a mental health minister attending cabinet, you know, doesn't probably doesn't play particularly well on the Telegraph or whatever. So. You're sort of killing a sacred cow in that way of like not making it as much of a priority for you. Um, I suppose you could say that um, the health secretary will cover it. But again, it's like if you have the person there separately, you're conveying how seriously you're taking the issue, I guess. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the argument you're making? I, I, you I, think, I think, but I actually just don't really think it matters. Mm-hmm. I think as long as the policy outcome, the policy's there. And I think that's much more important than having someone like it. You'd, you'd rather the policy was there than having a, mini- a minister there and nothing was achieved. Mm. And I don't think the, the policy outcome depends on there being a specific minister, essentially. I think, I, I think to, to me, it's pure, it seems just kind of decorative. The vibe. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit madry. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> How many civil servants can you expect in the Department for Health to be concentrating solely on mental health issues and then be bringing that up to the minister, right? If the minister, if the, if the health secretary is in charge of getting the waiting lists down, how many people can you allocate to, to compile data on mental I, I think it does need its own department. Yeah, I think the vibe of, from what I got from that uh, Rosanna Rankhan letter is not that the post is no longer going to exist. It's just that Starmer doesn't see the Minister for Mental Health being required to attend cabinet. So I, th- I suspect it's still going to be there, still going to be a part of the sort of the health brief, which, you know, as it should be. Well, it's good to um, oust an A&E doctor from the, from the I know. shadow health department. I can't imagine that. What on earth could she know about <laughs> any of that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> she doesn't know anything about PFI, so her experience is ir- <laughs> irre- irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else to add about about the reshuffle other than just your un, un, unabridged joy? There's more more coming just, later. Just a little bit about Angela Rayner. So oh yeah, yeah. Ange. Yeah. Angela Rayner has been given Lisa Nandy's old brief, so she's shadow le- shadow leveling up. I swear to God, every single time one of these happens, and it's not every single time because I think the last one was 2021. 20, mm. She just gets more. Well, her title's still really long, so she's is still going to be Good. working on the future of work, Good. which is mm. the de facto Labour's. Um, new deal for workers. She's going to be in charge of that. And the unions are really strict. They really wanted her to stay in charge. They would have absolutely kicked off if she wasn't heading that brief up anymore, if she'd lost that portfolio. But the, the housing position is just basically like a cross move. She's not, she's not been demoted, not been promoted. Uh, but there is the introduction of this um, shadow deputy prime minister. Right, yes. in, into, her, into her title. The Monica, she's got mm. the Monica. And she'll also... She'll <laughs> you were saying Monica? And I was like, well, I don't know who Monica is. Well, she should. <laughs> <laughs> Monica Lewinsky. She's against Gove as well now in the Commons. And I think that'll be... Yeah, she, that'll be she, she's good against Gove. So is Nandy, though. I mean, I, I feel bad for Lisa Nandy. I think she's come out, been been done unfairly here. I thought she was pretty decent. Nearly um, leader once as well, wasn't she? Yeah, she came third, what, in 2020? Mm, not bad. Closer than any of us came. <laughs> None of us ran, to be fair. What you, How well do you think you did? Believe in yourself, Ed. Come on. How is me saying I didn't run? I didn't run. A fact. I didn't run. By, by virtue of not being a member of the Labour Party or a Labour MP, mm. all the kind of requisites to become Labour leader. Yeah. If you had run, you would have won. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Sorry. If I was an They're MP, they're fucking lucky. Ed Campbell didn't run. <laughs> let, me, let me tell if you. If I was a the Labour MP, I would have simply won the Labour leadership election. <laughs> How hard can it be? Um, do you know? Do, is Pat McFadden like in your? Um, he looms large in Ed's subconscious. No, let me tell he? you. Because he Why? Was, well, he was the, the he was sent over by Blair, wasn't he, to sort out devolution when they. When the government was first. When I was one? Well, yeah. (laughs) Believe it or not, I don't remember him very much. He looms large. You have nightmares about Uh, him, don't you? He probably looked similar, like bold and... Mm. And what, in Scotland? I think he's a Celtic fan, I think. Maybe. Yeah, Celtic fan. Um, New Labour. That's basically all I've got. You could have done that. You'd have been well up for Alfred Campbell's uh, Ranger Celtic match in Belfast. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> for, for the listeners, there's a famed letter of Alistair Campbell sending a memo to was it Mo Molum? Mo Molum. Tony Blair suggesting that in honour of the Good Friday Agreement, they had an old firm match in Belfast. <laughs> which, and there was like some suggestion that Celtic players would wear Rangers kits and Rangers players would wear Celtic kits. I which, didn't read that bit. Is that what it said? Yeah. And he's like, I think some Rangers players would object to this. <laughs> but we can maybe talk them around. Um, do you know what? I actually think we should look at... Can I just... Can I read that little line from Rosanna's resignation letter? Because mm, I think it's strong as hell. Yeah, read it. She says, As discussed in our call earlier, you made clear that you do not see a space for a mental health portfolio in a Labour cabinet, which is why I told you many weeks ago that I would not be able to continue in this role. That's strong. And mm. now when you twin that with what's going on behind the scenes, which is Rosanna has felt that she's... Well, her team have felt that she's been pushed out for quite some time. She's not been allowed to do the media round. Mm. And she's generally just been kind of biffed mm. that feels that feels tetchy yeah look, I, th I think um, I think there's certainly some people there's there's some people who as a result of this reshuffle will be actually pleasantly surprised that they haven't been culled yeah um, you know it's not just it's not just sort of Rosanna who's um, been been done dirty here um, whether or not you know it's, it's it's a surprise for them or not I think um within the shadow covenant and sort of just labor staffers more generally the writing has been on the wall that the kind of this rightward shift of the party is happening and if you're not of that bent if you're not from that faction then you are largely irrelevant mm. um this has obviously been solidified by if you look at someone like pat mcfadden who i actually probably uh, it's Probably a good way to describe him is possibly sort of the most powerful Labour politician that no, that no one's heard of. Mm -hmm. like you, unless you're a political geek, you know, the uh, listeners probably won't have heard of him. But, you know, a key power broker, like you said, from Smith to Blair to Brown, absconded, disappeared during Corbyn and, ca and came back, was the first resignation, right, that kicked off the sort of Owen Smith uh, leadership contest against Corbyn in 2016, 17? Right a bit then. Were you alive then? Do you remember that one? No, I wasn't. Yeah. I'm five. <laughs> 2016, because I was in my second year university. <coughs> good work. <laughs> I remember where I was when yeah. it happened. That's good. <laughs> Love that. Um, for this, Ava. <laughs> you know, his, um, his missus was at the Tony Blair Institute. She was also a, an advisor. She's back now. Um, you know, it's sort of like Labour family, real a power broker. And a committed and true believing Blairite to see him sort of now he's going to be running the election campaign right as well and then people like I know we're talking about Rosanna so I'll just mention her but real world life experience works in A&E on the reg a good media communicator I would say um, to my mind sort of represented an interesting possible direction of a future Labour Party, um, a sort of the next generation coming through, if you like. And uh, someone like that being tipped out for someone you would describe as a career Blairite, like Pat McFadden, I think it, it's a very nice symbol of what this reshuffle is and what it symbolises. Mm. Most powerful brow in Westminster. He raises his eyebrow. And it's a. It's apparently it's meant to frighten you. Oh really? It's you ain't like, you ain't yeah. seen these puppies. Yeah, it's like Gavin, <laughs> Gavin Williamson's spider. It's supposed to have Cronus. Yeah. Oh, why are they all so freaking weird? I know. Uh, why like Pat McFadden must simply raise his eyebrows. It's also like, <laughs> shut. Who cares? And Labour spads <laughs> shit themselves. It's so like, oh, these people have like the constitution of a toddler. <laughs> Uh, oh, <laughs> no, Pat! People have only worked in Westminster <laughs> since the age of 21. Just a ghost. Wow. Like, they, you need to be frightened of this. Yeah. Why? Oh. Knocking, their, knocking oh. their chilies bottles God. over and pissing themselves. Why can't they all just like, behave like normal people? Yeah, yeah, but to be fair, I mean, not so much now, but there was that chief whip, and I've got, the, the name escapes me, but there was that chief whip who used to threaten the MPs. I'm not exaggerating. If you don't vote the way I'm telling you to, I will tell the world that you are noncing. 
What the hell? I'm not exaggerating. When, what era of politics is this? How do I even look this up? Like 1815. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. You saw her a guard and a diddler. <laughs> you were caught in Soho with a boy. <laughs> and not the right kind, might I add. <laughs> I th- th- I'm typing a lot of keywords in here that's mm. going to put me on a list somewhere. <laughs> Check the hard drives. There's g- this is going to be bad. You and I can spitball while I've uh, Googled. <laughs> should, we do, should we do more parliamentary, <laughs> 19th century parliamentary <laughs> role play? That's going to really bother me. I tell you what, I will find it. And then when I do find it, you mm. can, I'll put it on the Politics Joe Twitter. There you go. I, think I don't know if you can put that on the politics show. No, there's a video. There's a video. There's an interview. Oh. You all know what I'm talking I know I what no you're talking about. I do know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that video. Maybe we'll put it in here. And so he, is the interview with someone who had that happen to them or with no, the it's like, question? No, like kind of like, I don't know, like a panorama retrospective or something. Right, right, right. Or interview sort of politician 20 years after they've left Westminster and the guy's talking about sort of threatening to falsely accuse people of being nonces but to get votes through. Just not cricket. It's like man, man on a black background type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a menacing kind of interview. But it's completely like we don't, we can't remember the bloke's name or what period of government it's from. So it's kind of irrelevant <laughs> to, the, to the listener. <laughs> <laughs> you were hobnobbing with a 15 year old Etonian. <laughs> hey, speaking of chief whips, mm. um, Gavin Williamson was in trouble today, right? Oh, yeah. He's going to have to apologise in the House of Commons. Can't wait for that. It's been a bad day for the government. They've been pretty fucking busy. Yeah, yeah. Gavin Williamson, Michelle Keegan. That's her name, isn't it? Excuse me, Michelle Keegan. (laughs) Michelle of Coronation Street. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what she's done to the government. Gillian Keegan, Pincher, Sunak and the schools. You and we've been talking about fucking Pat McFarlane. any number of these stories for a listener. That would be great. <laughs> what did you say? And we've been talking about fucking Pat McFadden. <laughs> we've had to explain to the audience who Pat McFadden is. Pat McFadden's eyebrow has taken up far oh. too much. Can you imagine? Uh, that's the sort of thing as like a, a spad advising someone like Pat McFadden or just being Pat McFadden yourself that you, you, you the latest edition <laughs> of the New Statesman lands and you open it to read a, a profile of yourself and, and it's like... Pat McFadden's eyebrow sets pulses racing <laughs> and you're just there like fucking rock hard being like this is this is what I live for this is why this I is got my into, El Clasico yeah this is why I got into this well, being is, the advisor on the phone being like get, get it in there get it in there uh-huh. about his rock hard like oh no he was rock hard like, <laughs> just so you know he will have an erection when he reads this <laughs> I hope this doesn't put you off doing the profile <laughs> If you don't relate the positive thing, I will accuse you of being a pedophile. <laughs> Have you seen my big spider? <laughs> Have you seen my spider? Um, no, Ed, you're right. Why don't you, why don't you run through it all? Of, why don't you out us as terrible, terrible podcast producers and run through all of the big stories that we could have led this episode well, with? Sorry, we chose instead to talk about Pat McFadden. That wasn't that wasn't my thing at all. I just think it's an interesting thing that I actually think this is. I think where I differ from you two in that oh, I think right. in that. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, because I think like yeah, right, go on. You, you love Labour mm. Reshuffle Day. I don't. I do. I think it's very interesting. Well, the when w- it's about your team, what's my team? <laughs> <laughs> the SNP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, I'm also British. This is still like yeah. a UK government. I think it's interesting when like there's a, a reflex when something happens in Westminster that is kind of. I think this is quite a Westminster bubbly story. And in the things that have happened today, I would actually rank this, in terms of political news, I would rank this fourth, maybe. And I think it's interesting the way the political media, it's, there's, there's like, oh my God, it's Labour Reshuffle Day and we will have live running commentary about it all day. And it's like what you said earlier, we were making fun of it being like, is this the biggest moment of the reshuffle that hasn't finished yet? I think in terms of, I wonder if sometimes British political journalism doesn't, serve its purpose really in like what does this there are more important things oh okay, <laughs> I'm, not, okay. I'm not I'm not trying to dispute 
I think I think there's different approaches. I don't know what you're talking about because I I, I was like the first person shouting at the news desk that Gavin Williamson was going to have to apologise and that Chris Pinch had had his appeal revoked. I it's not. It's so, not. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't saying, but I wasn't. Saying, it's not a comment about you. It's a comment about. Do you know the what? Sky running commentary. No. Do you know what? You lot were talking about some like Celtics or whatever game that was on yesterday <laughs> at the table. Even earlier. once again, and pretending she doesn't know what football is. <laughs> Everton I, home and away. <laughs> but I said nothing about but, but, it. But all right. Do you not think? And then when I want to talk about who's the new shadow leveling housing, you know, whatever, you're like. But, but is that is that is that more important than Sunak having signed off on cutting the schools being rebuilt? But mm. but but did I get? I think I gave them all equal precedent. Not in this podcast. Not in this episode. I just brought up Gavin Williamson. <laughs> but in the right. co- after you talked about no, Lisa no, Mandy and no, Let me no. talk about Pat McFadden <laughs> <laughs> and his furrowed brow. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's interesting. Like, does, is the public served by every Westminster editor standing on Downing Street naming out Labour politicians they haven't heard of and don't really need to, talk, to know they are? Oh. What? <laughs> I don't... I don't know. I don't. I. I think it's quite. In, I think it's quite insider. Well, fine. Then we won't talk it about Gillian Keegan saying that. Like Michelle yeah. Keegan actually. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. But we will get a plan, and every single one of them will be done. Okay, please reset. Thank you very much. Thank you. Does anyone ever say, you know what, you've done a f- good job because everyone else has sat on their ass and done nothing? No, no, no signs of that. No. I mean, the audacity of Gillian Keegan on Parliament's been back Sick. for one day. And she's in the media going, I've done a fucking good job. I think <laughs> she's been back for less than 24 hours. Those schools are safe. Thanks to me. Um, you should thank Gillian Keegan because she's actually fallen into that little complaint you just had. Because tomorrow morning, the front pages probably would have been about Labour reshuffle, right? Mm-hmm. But actually, she's brought Rack back onto the front page. <laughs> Sorry, yep. as in R-A-A-C. <laughs> Sorry, just, just to be clear. The, the concrete, I'm talking about the concrete and not someone's rack. Oh, um, <laughs> I didn't get that at all. Um, it's not a page three thing. No, so it's going to be back on there, right? 95% of schools safe. So one, only one in 20 school children could die or whatever it is. <laughs> Thank God. I, was, I had this really terrible false equivalence that I thought I was going to knock out today, but then I... Do you know what? I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah, send it. <clears throat> so I said, wow, 90.5% of cars are in London are ULES compliant, right? Mm. But that's still a big whopper of an issue, right? Everyone's angry about it because 9.5% of people will be affected. 95% of schools have concrete in them that won't kill children if inhaled. And those are good odds, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was my... <laughs> so... Imagine if you live in a ULES area mm. and your school's got concrete in it. Yeah, rough week. You've really been... Rough couple yep. of weeks. Rough couple of weeks. You can't like get... You know, you're out of the diesel for one second and then you're in the concrete the next. Yep. There's no escape, is there? And then your house has probably got black mould in it. I thought... Your lungs are going to be bit. Yeah, I know. Threaded. Forgive me. I thought the concern with the concrete was that it would like collapse. Yeah, but... There's also asbestos. It? I think there's yeah. a separate asbestos thing. Right. <laughs> Which is also not good. Who came up with crumbling concrete? Like, do you not think that's quite funny? <laughs> like, do you know what we should do? Make sure this shit, after a few years, just really has a bit of dust to it. That would be great. Uh, cheap. It's cheap like the budgie. Yeah. We had um, porter cabins at school. Were you in them? 
Yeah, yeah. I've had I've had lessons in porter cabins. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. They were renovating a part of the school until you get taught in a porter cabin. Yeah. I I think people won't be won't be happy until, like, all of Britain is just administered via a porter cabin. That's when they've atrophied the state to such an extent mm-hmm. that. Driving test, porter cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Schooling, porter cabin. Yep, hotels, porter cabin. Yeah. But we can negate all of this if we get our children into national service quicker. God, you're really rattling through them now. So I didn't mean to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to get away from Pat McFadden. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a surprise for Ava. <laughs> can we, we should do. No. What do, you reckon, what do you reckon the odds of him coming on are after after this episode? Probably pretty low. Show us the eyebrow, Pat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said people don't need to know who he is. All the women in the front row faint. <laughs> in our live studio audience. It's just Laura on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a really serious medical emergency. <laughs> a bit of concrete's fallen on her. <laughs> Why are we recording this in a school? <laughs> Ollie's shouting, this wouldn't happen if we were in a porter cabin. <laughs> We wouldn't be allowed to do it in a school. I can't go within 30 metres of one. <sighs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> That's a joke. Self-deprecating joke. Actually, maybe, maybe, maybe joke. You okay? <coughs> Sorry, I was sick last week. Let's try and uh, get this back on track, shall we? Um, do we have anything more to say about Gillian Keegan saying, oh, I did a fucking good job and everyone else has been sat on their asses"? No, it was very funny. Mm. I thought it was quite camp, actually. Would you well, would you say she was serving cunt? <laughs> <laughs> that's the other that's people say that, right? Yeah, no but have, you, have, I, have I used people that do. have I used that in the correct way? I don't I don't think Ava and I are the right people to to like determine whether you've used it or not. I think our like gay audience should chime yeah. in. They'll tell me I've used it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can guarantee you that. Serving cunt. <laughs> So, Gillian Keegan was serving in, in your post in your post PMQs <laughs> interviews Ava ask MP do you think Richard Sudak was serving cunt <laughs> and refuse to explain what you mean what, <laughs> what I hate is that we've come back right mm. and you've, you've set me on a task of like sorting out some interviews right yeah. with important people mm-hmm. and it's about there's like the new serious politics Joe where we do serious analysis mm. And then someone tunes into the podcast and they hear, well, Keegan was obviously serving <laughs> It's light and shade. Yeah. You know, a bit of a, a bit of analysis because as much as as much as Ed likes to do his whole oh, it's the Westminster bubble thing, it is actually quite important what the politics of the individual ministers are in each place. And we have done a, a little bit of analysis. Is that the talking about who's where and who's up and who's down? Not too much, not too much, not too much to to to, to draw his ire, but just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. We talked a little bit, and now you know that's one hand, and then on this hand. <laughs> Cunt. <laughs> Just drop so this, cunt. Is like, this is how you view the makeup of the podcast. It's like Ava and you, serious analysis. Me just saying cunt over and over. Yeah. Or Go. talking about fingering like last time. <laughs> it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Yeah. I think that's why people, people like it. Hopefully. Mm. If you don't, don't let us know. Uh, I really hope. Do you know how like in like comms department in the government mm. they listen to loads of different media mm. I really hope there's someone charged with listening to the podcast <laughs> just checking on that would you Bradley just <laughs> see what's going on on that some, um, Minister, some ex- they, they're saying that uh, Gillian Keegan is serving cunt <laughs> is that a good thing romantic <laughs> some poor spamming okay. urban dictionary <laughs> uh, desperately emailing LGBT to find out what it means yeah mm. Councillor Tom ring him yeah. Bim Afalami's probably a friend of the podcast. You could call him. Yes. We should have him back. Yeah. That'd he be hasn't good. listened to it for a while since he last did it. So, um, yeah, again, probably for the best. Yeah. I think our efforts to get MPs on are basically, <laughs> if they say yes, it's because they don't listen. No, so no. They, they don't understand, like when fucking um, What's His Chops was sat, sat over there. Trickett. When Trickett was sat there and I was shouting out, love podcasts, hate nonsense. And he's like, what the hell have I just signed up for? His fad's kind of chuckling over there in the yeah. green room. But you have to clap because if you don't clap, then. Yeah, well, you'd sus. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I've, I've, had, I've had quite a bit of feedback. Apparently, it was like the only interview that 
this person's sister has ever rung him up about and watched. Oh, and I was really? like, oh my God, why are you on Politics Joe? That's funny. <laughs> like, I watched the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> like, mm. He was nice. really admired for it. Actually, no, Jonathan Ashworth, I can say as well, he was really taken aback by the response he got from it. We had like 100,000 people being like, this man should be the Prime Minister. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? When Maybe I should be the Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never conceived it. Well, you won't be now, Jonathan. You've been demoted in Keir Starmer's reshuffle. See, yeah, this is why it's relevant, okay? <laughs> Do you think that's why? Do you think it's why they saw the, Starmer's office saw the comments and were like, we need to take him out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting too powerful. No, I, th- I genuinely think it's because any... Uh, politician that does engage with us, do interviews with us, etc. You see them in a way, you see them in a different way to when they're on Sky, when they're on the Beeb, whatever. You're a good interviewer. You're a good interviewer. I'm all right. You're a good interviewer. Come on. Cheers, Ed. And, um, Evidence here, notice that. I know, I, I did I, notice, I did <laughs> notice that. I was saying come on as if to say, like, let's not play this little <laughs> self-deprecating game, all yeah, right? we don't need to. But the point is, if, you, if pe- people say that, oh, so, you're so good as a, as a bloody... Prime Minister, make this man Prime Minister. And it's because they don't, they've, it's the first time they've ever actually seen that person sort of engaging in good faith and having a serious, and actually mm-hmm. talking about something in depth. He's doing long as well. Yeah, it's not five minutes. It's, it's not, not a pill clip. It's not 10 minutes, exactly. Um, and it's not to be denigrating to Jonathan Ashworth. It's not because Jonathan Ashworth is like a mercurial politician, mm-hmm. you know, in a false nine role, capable of <laughs> capable of playing, of, of becoming prime minister. It's because they've just seen him talk about something for 20 minutes for the first time and gone, oh, actually, he knows what he's talking mm-hmm. about. Mm. Um, yeah. Because a lot gets lost if you're trying to just get out the government line, right? Or the party yeah. line. Can you imagine the panic of that? Being like, I, I have to say X, Y and Z. And then you know that because they go back, the spads, and they like mark them afterwards. They're like, oh, you missed out the bit where we were going to starve the poorest of society so we can alleviate pressure on the NHS. So we're going to have to wait for another announcement for that one. Well done. You, mi- you missed the bit where we said. <laughs> You've not been starving cunt today. There's <laughs> <laughs> a drag queen evaluating the performance. <laughs> You, yeah, you missed the bit. You missed the bit where we're going to forcibly enlist everyone over sixteen into national service to fix the NHS waiting list crisis, the housing crisis, the small boats crisis. You, how, how did you not mention that one? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the bit where we're going to expunge Bur- Birmingham from. <laughs> <laughs> what have I missed there? The notion just funny. Yeah, Ed fake laughs all the time. Don't worry. That was a real laugh. Picked up on it. I never fake laugh. I can tell when you're fake laugh. I don't think I do fake laugh. Mm. Not consciously. Maybe unconsciously. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm asleep. You fill in the void. How fake can it be? It's the Politics Show podcast. National service. Thank God they're bringing it back. Thank God they're bringing it back. Um, I, I wish that the Tories would just give Seb Payne a fucking constituency. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that he stops pulling this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they they can like, over- so you can like go and get into the local potholes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, and fuck off with this. Do you think they're they're like, what can we get up to say no? <laughs> <laughs> He's literally like advocating for like the bombing, the bombing of Scotland at this point. He'll, go, he'll literally say anything they they yeah. want him to. Um, I'm being glib, obviously. Yeah. Uh, National service. How do we feel about it? How do we feel? Sick. I think. You look like you've been enlisted in national service. Yeah, yeah, no, I have. I've actually preemptively <laughs> <laughs> shaved my head because I'm joining the army. And no, I think we can all agree young people have had a really fucking easy ride recently. Yeah, damn and right. T- and it's time to give back. God damn. We've all right. been at, they've all been at school and university for in mm. person for a long amount of time. They all could see their friends a lot. Apart from the ones trapped under the concrete. <laughs> yeah, well, part of the service could be them rescuing them from the concrete yeah mm-hmm. i think i think this country has given young people so much and respects them and think and people are really optimistic about their chances and no one wants to leave no one wants to go to australia they want to build their lives in this country so i think it's really important that we need to we need to give some of that back to this great country that's given us so much can you imagine the queue for the prescription refills like if we did national re- service for young people now what mm. seven million people like, you'd never get around to doing any exercise <laughs> people be in the queue all day <laughs> refilling their prescriptions i'm actually not fully against this ollie such a cock 
Why? Um, okay. So we'll make you stick in education until 18, right? Uh, that might be GCSEs and A-levels or an apprenticeship. I don't have a problem with an alternative option being set up for people that don't want to stay in higher education, don't want to go and do an apprenticeship, that, you know, go and spend six months doing, fulfilling like some kind of social good, um, working in adult social care, working on rewilding could be one thing, you know, take, take your pick, whatever policy matter you, you need, you want yeah, some Yeah, small like, farm development. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Why go can't and, you go and do that without, go and learn to without grow food. the umbrella of national service? Like a lot of people go and do that. You know, yeah, I, I, I know they do. Um, I'm just, I, I don't necessarily see it as like, if, if you're literally sat there, you know, talking about some kind of like fucking IDF thing, then yeah, obviously I have a problem. <laughs> Go and join the idea. <laughs> or the Turkish national service is mental. Because you have to do conscription for six months, right? But you don't just like work around the country. They send you to Libya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do you know what they, do you know what they should do for national service? Fuck all this rewilding, giving back to the community. You have to join the Azov Battalion <laughs> <laughs> and defend Mariupol. That is, that is real. Tell you what, you would you would grow up quick <laughs> if you come back traumatized by the front line of the Ukraine war. Yeah. What, and maybe some different what, ideas about Nazism. Like Being in Mariupol or in a classroom in Brentford. <laughs> Same amount of rubble. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I just think it's an idea that's conceived by people who never had to actually work for what they've got. See, mm. You know the National Citizen Service? You know, it exists already, doesn't it? It was Cameron's thing. There's like an NCS that exists in England. Used to me. I think there is, like, I think the res, excuse me, there was... Something like six hundred thousand people have done it. Have done like, done like a national citizenship. What is it like? DV. It's basically like DV, but it's I think it's very similar to what Seb Payne has proposed. But it's opt in, and so people are making the point that lots of people get stuff out of it. But um, there are people who, who have gone out of their way to join a national citizenship service. So imagine how annoying it would be if you want to do this. If you're surrounded by people who are forced to be there, to be like painting lines on roads. And stuff. I think the outcomes of this would not be as positive, perhaps. I, ju I just think it's an absolutely ridiculous idea cooked, idea cooked up by someone who's so desperate to impress like the 15, <laughs> 60 year olds in the Conservative Party that he will absolutely say anything. Because come on, are you really going to look, as you said earlier, you're going to really look at 16 to 19 year olds and think, yeah, they, they need to see a little bit of rough, you know? But I... Um... I agree with I agree with both of you. I don't I don't think this idea is um, suggested from a from a serious place. I, I think it comes from the fact that the key dividing line of modern British politics is age, and it's probably also age plus education. So sort of younger university graduates versus older non university graduates, um, and those fault lines also sort of mirror remain and leave but the point of this article is to inflame and um provoke the sort of identity values of that older cohort of people which is that essentially young people have never had it so good um they're soft they don't do anything productive with their time so let's make them wipe our asses for six months in the social care system that'll teach them good um it's so it's to provoke the culture war. It's to inflame that division and that tension. And the sort of thing that I was talking about, which again, to be explicitly clear, is not compulsory military service. Is is yeah, actually sort of litter picking or painting lines on roads, similar to let's say what someone does when they're on community service. I'm interested. I, I could I could I can see that there are merits to that I'm probably not necessarily an advocate for it I love it put all young people in prison <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of you know what they're what they're trying to do right they're trying to inflame that tension between 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 the two because you're you're courting as you said 15 60 year olds who think that the younger generation is 
lazy, have never had it so good, despite the fact that, you know, first generation post-war Britain have a lower standard of living than the one that came before them during now the hardest, longest squeeze on living standards since the Napoleonic Wars um, on the quality of living. And the average age at which first-time buyers get a house is, I now think, 34. So obviously, life is not all sunshine and rainbows and avocados and lattes, mm. as they want you to believe. But what I'm just... Uh, the, the, the article was interesting because it's a, it's a signifier of, of that debate and division. If you actually wanted to have a serious conversation, which they don't, about national service, I think there, there, is, there is a legitimate argument for it. It's just what they're advocating is not the thing. Hospitality. Yeah. One year in hospitality. That would knock the kinks right out of you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just... One year smashing up fat bugs. In the series. <laughs> oh my That's god! A great idea. Whatever happened to the fat bug? I think it's still kicking about. Is it? Yeah. Not once we fucking set the sixteen-year-olds <laughs> on it yeah. with with some ice picks take, and take, a bit of Dettol. Actually, this is actually kills two birds one stone. Take all those machetes off the street and get send those boys to town <laughs> on the fat bug. <laughs> 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 That'll be no, tell them there's tell them there's ops on the other side. <laughs> they will be through that. No, but then there'd be like some someone who comes online to go like, well, back in my day, we had to take the fat bug out with our bare mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have your your conflagrated zombie knives. <laughs> with modern technology to lick and kiss the fat bug. Yeah, <laughs> I just had half a sandwich in a brown paper bag and my my teeth. <laughs> That kept us warm, the fat burger. Do you think the adult social care line is that they know that they can't afford to keep providing it on the, the, uh, the public purse and so it'd be better if you just got a load of 17 and 18 year olds in there and call it national service but actually it's just we don't have any money to employ anyone anymore. Mm. But you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have younger people in contact with the older generation, you know, fostering friendships, relationships, meeting people that you wouldn't otherwise meet. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, we'd definitely get immigration down because most people will go, fuck that. I'm not <laughs> doing that. I'd, I'd, for me, I'd... i take my chance in Libya. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going down near the fat work. It's the two options. <laughs> There'd be such a... Wiping out granny's arms or going to Libya. <laughs> at, at risk of trying to have a serious conversation about this, I think that, <laughs> you know, British society is increasingly fractured, atomized, and separate from one another, that people don't really get out of their echo chamber, bubble, call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, and people live increasingly digitized online lives surrounded by people that they agree with. And actually, it's not the worst thing in the world to go and spend some time working with someone from a different background, whether it's because they're super posh and you're not, they're really old, you're not, whatever the difference is, you know, spend this, time hanging out. You're playing the long game to meet Charlotte Owen. That's what's going on. <laughs> I'd like to hear your line of thinking there, Eva. Well, you know, you come across people that you don't normally agree with and, you know, are in other walks of life and they might be a bit posher than you or whatever. And Charlotte, please call me back. None of those things are true. Charlotte, and Owen, Charlotte Owen and I not only see eye to eye on every political issue, <laughs> I'm also far posher than her. Uh yeah, you probably find out they had a How is it? Just sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry. Whenever I say something that like I don't agree with necessarily with you guys, you're like, well, Ollie's fucking mental. You know, this is like this is like when this is exactly what I'm talking about, actually. You meet someone you don't agree with, you two shit the bed. This is why we need national service. Yeah, well, even I just had a full argument on the podcast that's earlier. True, that's yeah. true, yeah. actually, you did. Yeah, and, but, I mean, that was slightly disingenuous because like, you weren't actually going at each other, but you we were going at you there. You're, you're interpreting it as like you know, a personal attack on one another. Yeah, well, you know, look, you can always go and start a podcast at Guido Forks if that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> you, welcome to the CapEx podcast with Holly Tugmore. <laughs> I don't this think... is why you should pay more tax <laughs> and <laughs> I should pay none. <laughs> I need I need my hedge cutting and I'd like to not pay a 16 year old to do it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's because we're younger than you? Do you think, I, do I'm you, not. Do you, you are younger than Ollie. Just. You are. Just. Why do you bring the mood down like that? No, because do you think it's like we have more empathy with young people still? You've like crossed over into like boomer world. 
Yeah, but crossing over would imply that I wasn't there in the first place. That's true. Yeah. You've been a boomer forever as a 47-year-old man. Boomer at heart. Live, laugh, live, laugh, love. Yeah. What's got two thumbs and hates the proletariat? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, no one in their right minds finds that joke funny. You walk into, you walk into a pub it. and use the word proletariat. <laughs> People be like, who the fuck are you? Sorry, I'm going like full Mick right here. Yeah, but they also wouldn't know who Pat McFadden was. <coughs> yeah. Not tell the Salmon and Bull. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a pub in the East End. <laughs> Does he hang That's what they're there? talking about. It's really good karaoke there, actually. Really? Cash yeah. only as well. Cool. What type of place? <laughs> <laughs> as a key proponent of, the, of GB News' Save Cash campaign. Sort of place my granddad would go to see a man about a dog. Is <laughs> that? Yeah. With a... Wallet for the fifties and a big knife, <laughs> fresh from the fat break. Get out of my pub! It's the politics show pubcast. Uh, will we talk about Dominique Samuels at all? Yeah, yeah. Ava, you you saw this on Twitter, when not you? Set set it up. Um, can I actually get the exact wording up? Because yeah. <laughs> libel. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd hate to defame the Daily Mail, so I won't. Mm. Um, Dominique Samuels, who is a conservative commentator this weekend, tweeted about her experience in journalism. And she said the outrage fest about Notting Hill Carnival is tiresome and, to be honest, manufactured. I was asked to be the face of a ghost-written negative verging on racist piece by the Daily Mail paper last year and eventually turned it down because it was a complete misrepresentation of what I witnessed while I was there. The violence that happens is, of course, not acceptable, but it's estimated that two million people attend the festival every year. Anyway, that middle bit, really interesting. So she was asked to ghost-write a piece in the Daily Mail. And now, funnily enough, Mukta, who is a guy who is being... Can we say what he's best to just avoid talking about it to be honest with you okay so then someone else then tweeted dominic samuels and they linked her to a piece that had been written about Meghan markle and said did you ghostwrite this as well and her name is on it and she said yes the headline for that was um yeah yeah she replied yeah it was headline was dominic samuels colon this this clash of the royals was about culture not color she is listed as the writer she claims she didn't write it. Yeah, so to, to be clear for um, <coughs> listeners who aren't necessarily that familiar with sort of journalistic practice, quite often, let's say, the most, the most prolific example of this is probably within sports journalism, where you'll get someone who has a you know, reputation, very famous player, but going to shock you, a lot of footballers, not got two brain cells to rub together. So, <laughs> Brains in their foot, remember? Of course, yeah. I'm putting a thousand words on yeah. the tube. If you if you want to get you know a thousand wor- words out about I don't know how like Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool and Namby Pambies and are too interested in Gagan Press and, <laughs> and, and not and not you know good old fashioned lumping up their football, you call up your preferred pundit and you have like a half hour, 45 minute conversation with them. And then the journalist that's had that conversation then writes an article that gets the pundit's name on it. I.e., you know, pundit not capable of filing the copy, but they still, they get paid. They have to do barely any work, really. They have to, have to field a phone call every now and then. And then the newspaper gets said high profile individual writing for them. This is interesting because what's, what Dominique Samuels is saying is that the male essentially have stories that they're not prepared to publish with sort of presumably a white author attached to them. And so they take them to her and see if she'll put her name to them, Um, which kind of tells you, well, perhaps everything you need to know about the editorial standards. Well, she's claiming it. We don't know if that's entirely true. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. um, To be fair. Like, look, we have to say shit like that, okay? So yeah, you do. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not um, bitching you out. I think. No, no, no. I'm. I'm. I'm talking to whoever's gonna like now go into my DMs, being like, "You cuck-loving Daily Mail reading slag." Like, <laughs> 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 I really, yeah. I, no, not gonna make that joke. Um, yeah. So they were asking her to write something about Carnival. Yeah. 
um, they love the Daily Mail loves to talk about carnival. Mm-hmm. All the tabloids do. Do you know that there were two thousand football fans arrested last year at football matches? And at the Olympics, London Olympics, there were 250 people arrested. And so at an event where there are 2 million people, it is reasonable that 100 people or a couple of 100 people get arrested. Mm. That is reasonable. You know, when you bring when you bring people together like that and you give them a couple of drinks, look at look at Soho on a, or mm. Manchester or Liverpool on a Saturday night. How many Any people get arrested? Street. You know, should we all just stay at home, mm. not go out at all? No, for sure. And, and so what do you think it is that distinguishes Notting Hill Carnival <laughs> from those other events that makes the Goodness tabloids what could um, it be? focus on, on, on the violence ever? Well, it's a Caribbean festival, isn't it? Mm. And that's a particularly upsetting. Well, you know, they did try hard with Windrush. They tried to get them all out during Windrush. <laughs> it didn't work. And so now they're going to so the They've got their bloody carnival. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're yeah. just rubbing it in our faces. I haven't been that many times. I've found every I've been a couple, and I have really enjoyed it. But it's also it's just it's really fucking intense, isn't it? To like be in yeah. the street with two million people, like it is a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, and it's it's also like um, I haven't been for years. I used to go when I was younger, like young a lot younger. Mm. Um, but I ha- yeah, I haven't been for years because it's not it's not really my um, it's not really my day, you know. Reshuffle is my day. <laughs> Reshuffle is your carnival. <laughs> this is my carnival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what carnival is to the Afro-Caribbean community, Labour Reshuffle Day is yeah. to Ava Santina. Celebration of my culture. It really is a Caribbean festival rather than an Afro-Caribbean festival. Is it? But I, 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 don't, I don't want to start anything. I don't want to, I don't want to start anything. Do you think Pat McFadden is backing it up in the shadow cabinet room? <laughs> oh right my now? God. <laughs> Who's yeah. catching wines on Pat McFadden <laughs> as he raises his eyebrow? Yeah. Who's Dormer? <laughs> No, they get the, How do you get the job. Kiss Starmer <laughs> with a bottle of Ray and Nephews. <laughs> Pat McFadden. <laughs> yeah. Showing it's the Met police officer who's on his knee in the corner. Get off your fucking Stand knee. Up. Stand up. Stop that shit. <laughs> oh my Come here, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, it's unfair actually to put that on Keir Starmer. Keir Starmer took the knee. Do you remember? Yeah. Him and Ange did it next yeah, yeah. In, the, in, the, in the office in, South, in um, fucking Norman Shore South, didn't they? There's mm-hmm. a photo of them taking a yeah. knee. So it's probably unfair to put that racism on in there. That yeah, yeah, I think exactly. It's really unfair to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> I just did. Um, the police chief, what's his name? Mark Rowley. Mm. He was pretty angry about officers taking the knee and having uh, rainbow flags on them. He's much more pleased when there's officers, upstanding members of the community like Wayne Cousins flashing people on the Clapham Common. That, that really shows off the force at its best. Do you know what though? If Wayne Cousins had a fucking rainbow on him, <laughs> it would have been different. <laughs> is that, oh, is that what the woke police thing was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They've been, uh, they've been, oh, they've been not being misogynistic. <laughs> Outrageous, isn't it? Call her a bitch and throw her in the cell. <laughs> Put that lesbian in jail. Yeah. Or you're out. None of your woke shit around here. Make sure you pay in cash. <laughs> Come along, 14-year-old here on National Citizenship Service. Yeah. Yeah. And put diesel in that petrol car for good measure. <laughs> Take the ad blue out. Sorry. What? It, I know we didn't have this down as a, as a topic we were going to talk about, but as someone who um, is, is Caribbean, quite f- <laughs> <laughs> as someone familiar with the Casey review into policing, right? Yep. <laughs> what and for listeners who aren't familiar, that is a review which found that the that the police forces in Britain was it just the Met? It was just the Met. Just I think. the Met. It was. Systemically racist, sexist, and homophobic. Yeah. Where is the woke policing? What? Where? What am I missing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, it's it's. Well, if you're beating up a woman, calling yourself a feminist is actually inappropriate. That's what it is. <laughs> really big checks to it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think. I think it's just frustration with. It is performance, isn't it? I suppose does he have a point? Being like, 
you maybe shouldn't wear the rainbow flag if we've been found to be being up gays at the same time. Yeah, if we've been found to be institutionally homophobic. Yeah, look, I think for look a long time, you know, feminism also always gets misconstrued, right? And all we're asking for is equality, and that's the I can't even finish this. <laughs> it's the same thing that the LGBT community are asking for. They're just asking for equality, okay? So what mm. we're saying is hit us all equally, <laughs> okay? Bring, bring water cannons to pride. <laughs> I want to see. Water cannons at the Fathers for Justice. <laughs> Mark Rowley will not rest until both Carnival and Pride get a solid water cannon. <laughs> On my, I'm going to clean up this city once and for all. He's like a Batman villain. Yeah. Or Batman himself. Yeah. On that bombshell. Happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, thanks very much for listening. Maybe catch you on the subreddit in the near in the near future. We in, we enjoy a little bit of subreddit time. Or Ollie's small holding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're having a lunch party. <laughs> uh, no, t- I tell you tell you what we are doing though. We've got a live event coming up. Yeah, haven't we, Ava mm-hmm. Santina? Yeah. You want you want to drop drop some info on that? Yeah. If you um, if you. You won't be interested in me, but you might be interested in Ben Smoke, who was on the podcast, and you might be interested in General Secretary of the RMT, Mick Lynch. Woo! Yeah, nice. Uh, anyway, if you'd like to come and see us, you can get tickets for The World Transformed in Liverpool. That's going to be on Sunday, the 8th of October, 5pm. There you go. Mick, live, pod- live podcast recording. Live podcast recording. With you'll, Mick Lynch. With Mick Lynch. You'll also have a chance to ask Mick Lynch a couple of questions at the end. Um... And there'll be, a, there'll be a few drinks, you know. You can socialise. Some bevs. That talks to TV. It is a talks to TV. Which is really cool. It's a really cool venue. Yeah. So if you fancy coming down to negotiate with... Uh... <laughs> if you're the government and fancy negotiating with Mick Lynch, we can know exactly where it's going to be on this date. Open invite for Mark Harper. <laughs> As per usual. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Any other announcements, Ed? Um... I'll be doing a rogue one-man show at Tory conference, kind of outside. Mm. With Steve Bray. <laughs> With Steve Bray. We're planning to bring back the Euro. <laughs> only, only in Scotland. Only in Scotland. It's yeah. endorsed by the SNP as well. <laughs> and Hillary Benn. <laughs> and Hillary Benn. And it's EU Supergirl. The Shadow Secretary of State of Northern Ireland is to bring the Euro back to Scotland. <laughs> He's not pretty good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought they were. I thought they were. You're all the same. Place. Yeah, but I flew here. <laughs> <laughs> they all sound the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> Love the Celtics. Uh, see you on the next one. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.